You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So yesterday I did not get out a podcast. Um, There's just a lot of, just to get you up to speed, a lot of kids activity stuff going on. And so um, whether I'm going or not, usually what happens is the little one does not go because she's just at an age where she can't do those things. She's just too much of an issue. So I end up watching her. Um, so usually I'll stay down here, work on some stuff while she watches TV in the office. And, uh, it's a good way to get some stuff done, but I can't record when I'm doing it. So the podcasts have been a little bit off. I'm trying to work through it, but, um, you know, family stuff, that's how it goes. Um, so we're going to do mock draft Monday for Tuesday. I just want to be clear why I want to do this. First of all, because it is important. I know some people like it's too early. This is stupid. It's not. This is the entire thing. This is the only thing that matters. We're going to be adding high-quality players to this team, right? That's it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, yes, we've covered that ad nauseum. We're going to continue to cover that. Otherwise, what else is there to talk about other than the most important event of the offseason, the NFL draft? Um, The reason also, a lot of people like to do seven-round Packers mock drafts, and I've mentioned before I don't really like it because it's kind of just a waste. Um you know, the, the amount of information you have that late in the draft is zero. I like focusing on first round, and, and it's especially good for the Packers, who are picking a little bit earlier this year, um, because there's less variables. So we get a clearer picture of how we could be sitting at that point. Um, and the other thing is, I know a lot of people, they couldn't care less about the draft itself for the Packers, much less who everybody else is drafting. So first round draft is not exciting. But as I've said a thousand times, the Packers don't play football in a vacuum. It's really hard to fully engage with the Green Bay Packers and completely ignore the 31 other teams. And when you're talking about the draft, it's entirely impossible. We don't get to, and people focus on this too much. We should draft this guy. We should draft this guy. You can own, the Packers can only draft who's left. The Packers can only trade with teams that are willing. This is one of the mistakes that a lot of people make, myself included, when I first started doing mock drafts. The hardest part was I felt like I had to keep all 32 teams in mind and all of their needs to decide who would want to trade up. And then I realized it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who wants to trade up. It only matters if the team that's drafting wants to trade back. If they don't want to, I couldn't care any less if the Tennessee Titans really want to come up and grab this guy that's falling down the board. It's irrelevant. If I'm comfortable where I'm at, I'm not trading. It's not up to the team that wants to trade up. Same, so, so same with the Packers. They should trade up. It only matters if a team wants to trade back, and we only know if a team wants to trade back by engaging with the other 31 teams. we got to find out what their needs are. we got to find out what the rumors and all the talk is and all that stuff um, to be able to get an idea of what's going on. So it is important to understand these other things in order to understand the Green Bay Packers. It's the same with free agency. Well, we should go trade for this guy. Well, the problem with that is, and this is what Bears fans did constantly, we should go get this guy, this guy. They're talking about they're going to get Elton Jenkins. You know why? Because they didn't understand the Green Bay Packers. 
They just saw that Elton was going to hit free agency and didn't understand the Green Bay Packers and the fact that there is no way in the world they're ever going to let the guy go. And well, you guys don't have money. Listen to me. The Packers will not let this guy go. Well, you're broke. You can't afford it. Listen again. The Packers will not let Elton Jenkins go. He will get paid. And what happened? He got paid. So their misunderstanding of, of the other 31 teams, and in this case, the Green Bay Packers, led them to completely misunderstand their own team, believing that Elton Jenkins would soon be on their team, which was not the case. It's the same thing I, I always talk about with the Bears anyways, where they talk about how, how they have like $92 million in free money, in, in cap space, I mean. So what? Well, we could go get that. No, 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 no. You can only get who's available, and who's available is up to the other 31 teams. First of all, there's retaining them. Do you know who's going to be retained and who's going to be let go? If you don't, then the, the money conversation is useless. You have to go out and you have to learn that. Number two, you're in competition with other teams. You can't just say, oh, you're a free agent. Come here now. Maybe he doesn't want to go to the garbage bears. Maybe that player wants to go somewhere else with a team that's actually going to compete. And there might be some teams that are willing to offer a lot more than they're worth, more than the Bears want to. Even if you have money, there's other teams that have money. They have more than enough to pay the guy. You still have to compete and win. So you can't just magically manifest things. So I want to take our first walk through the first round. It's probably going to take the whole time. I wanted to cover some other stuff, but I know it's already five minutes in and we haven't even started. It can be a little long-winded. So I'm going to just use the PFF um, thing, but I'm going to go with the, uh, the consensus big board as my big board and then try to kind of go along with, there's very little news and rumors. I'm trying to get caught up on that as much as I can. In fact, I just did something just now. Um, I've got a little database of uh, information about prospects as well as team news, notes, rumors, all that stuff. I'm trying to keep that updated as much as I can. And I found a way that I can I can make people observers so they don't get in there and mess up all my stuff, but at least you can follow along. And if there's any information you want about, you know, uh, Jameer Gibbs or Sean Tucker, the running back, uh, you can click on it. And I've got, for example, after a stellar 2021 season, Sean Tucker didn't have the follow-up year scouts were hoping to see him. Whether or not he was bothered by an injury, Tucker struggled to consistently find a gear that saw him rush for better than six yards per carry on 246 attempts. He still has all the tools and instincts. However, he's rolling... Uh, it, when he's rolling, it looks great. When he's not, it's just pretty good. And then I put a link there so you can go and actually find that link and go learn more about where I got that information from, blah, blah, blah. But just little bits and pieces, a lot of stuff from the Senior Bowl and from the East-West Shrine game. Um, you head over to the Raiders. I've got uh, team uh, team needs, rumors, et cetera, et cetera. So um, there's a link there. It should work. Uh, one buck a month on patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. And also, if you do check that out, obviously, if this is your resource, you want it to be as good as possible. If you find something, send me the article and I will pull the pieces out and uh, get it all added. Anyways, let's get started. Again, PFF is going to be my th uh, where I'm doing the mock, but I'm going to use the consensus big board um, to kind of go ahead. So starting off, first overall pick, you've got the Chicago Bears. There are three options for the Bears. You can use the pick on a quarterback. You can stay and pick the best defensive player, or you can trade. Um, I'm I'm personally torn. I mean, a lot of people say the obvious thing to do is to trade. Um, when I did my uh, look back over the value of each pick, there was the number one overall pick, which was like a 60, 
and then it dropped immediately down to 40, and then it was a slow drop after that. But the number one overall pick is so unbelievably powerful and massive. Granted, that's probably just because of all the quarterbacks that went there, and and they're not going to be picking a quarterback. Um, So a trade probably is going to happen. I just don't think it should be quite as obvious as everybody's making it out to be. Also, I did find a video of some guys from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, They have a podcast, and they had a source saying that um, the Bears have had some people already calling about the number one overall pick. One of those, there's two teams. One of those teams is not the Colts, so they have not called yet. But one of the teams that did was the Tennessee Titans at pick 11. The problem is, I really doubt the Bears are going to move back that far. I don't care what the value is. They need to get one of these top pieces. So the, the one that always makes the most sense, it makes the most sense to me, and I think to most people, is the Colts. You assume that it's going to go quarterback, quarterback, and you can still get the best piece. If not, it's going to be quarterback, and then you get the second best piece, which again, I don't like, but it is what it is. Um, And look, despite all the hype that they're going to get like 17 first round picks for this, history doesn't necessarily back that up. Uh, I see three times when a first round pick was traded, just kind of just that pick. The Falcons traded up to get Michael Vick. They gave up pick five and then a third round pick next year's second round pick and a player. Um, in 97, the Rams went up to get Orlando Pace. They gave up the sixth pick and then a third, fourth, and a seventh. And in 95, the Bengals went up to get Kijani Carter. They gave up the fifth pick and a second round pick. But anyways, this trade simulator is ridiculous. I could offer a uh, 2025 seventh round pick and they would accept it. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter. We're not going into the second round. They don't have a first. I'm just going to give them next year's first and blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Off and running. Now with the Colts on the clock, quarterback obviously is the uh, the need. Not a huge Bryce Young fan, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to end up taking Bryce Young here. Texans are on the clock. Certainly need a quarterback. Again, not a big fan of C.J. Stroud, but it is what it is. We're taking C.J. Stroud as the next best quarterback. And actually, interestingly enough, the NFL Mock Draft database has C.J. Stroud higher than Bryce Young. They have it C.J. Stroud, then Will Anderson, then Bryce Young. But I don't know, all of the talk that I've heard has been that uh, uh, Bryce is the top dog, so it is what it is. Uh, with the Arizona Cardinals on the clock, they're, I, I don't think they're in a good situation quarterback-wise, but they're absolutely stuck with them. So Will Levis and all those guys, that's not even a question. Um, they do need a lot of things. I think offensive line is a major issue, but this is not a great time to do it. They could trade back and get a tackle, but I think interior is more of an issue, so that's probably a later round thing. So take the best player here, Uh, definitely a need. They need an edge rusher, so they're going to take Will Anderson. The Bears then get the guy that they probably need the most, even though Will Anderson makes a ton of sense. But Jalen Carter, um, I'll say absolute monster on the inside, not because of my own personal observations. I haven't really watched him uh, because we're obviously not going to get him. But um, supposedly an absolute freak on the interior. So Jalen Carter is going to go to the Bears. Seattle, sounds like they're getting a deal done with Geno Smith. Uh, That sounds like it's basically a done deal, so we will not be looking at quarterback. There is a lot of talk about how Anthony Richardson would be a great fit for Seattle, but I don't understand that if you're going to pay Geno to stay. I mean, I guess guess if you look at him as a developmental guy, you could do that. I just think they have way too many needs. The team just kind of sucks. They don't have a tight end. They need a better uh, help at offensive line, although I don't know if tackle makes the most sense. They just drafted Charles Cross last year. Um, Abraham Lucas seems to be kind of decent. So again, I'm looking mostly on the interior, but defense is a major issue. But I think what makes the most sense for them is probably to go with Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. 
PFF has Miles Murphy a little bit higher, but um, actually, you know what? Miles Murphy might make sense. Being a 4-3 team, I kind of like Miles Murphy. Because I was even looking at Miles Murphy if he possibly made it to the Packers. I really like him, but I just don't know where he would play because he's a down defensive end, and then he kicks inside when they when they you know do a uh, more of a three four look. But I don't know that he could be an interior guy necessarily in the NFL, and I don't know that he's a stand up guy. So I think I think his role is going to be to be a defensive end, um, and I do think that'd be a good fit. I, I really like Miles Murphy too. I really do. I don't know. I, I need to dig in more into him, but I'm actually going to take Miles Murphy for Seattle. I think that that's a pretty solid fit, largely because even though Uchenna Nuosu is doing a pretty good job pressures and sack-wise, uh, you look at, for example, Bruce Irvin is 36 years old. They need to get younger, if not just better in general. Then you get the Lions, where you could have some fun. You got Will Levis. You've got Anthony Richardson, if you so chose. And I don't know that it would be necessarily terrible. You know you're going to have to move on from the quarterback that you have, and you know that you're also building. You're not expecting in 2023 to win a Super Bowl, but you are expecting to get into the playoffs this year. That is the next natural, logical step. So is that going to prevent you from getting a quarterback? What if you put him behind this quarterback? I feel like you want to take that big step to being dominant and getting into the playoffs, but at some point you're going to have to transition to that new quarterback, and it would be nice if it was a natural, smooth transition as opposed to we're knocking on the door of the Super Bowl. Now we need to make that transition. There's also something to consider, which would be a trade back. If we're saying, no, I don't want a quarterback, what do we want? Defensive lineman like Brian Brzee? Corner like Christian Gonzalez? Tight end like Michael Mayer? The Lions love taking those early tight ends. And here's the other thing. The Raiders are on the clock next. So there are probably teams that need quarterbacks, like, oh, I don't know, the Carolina Panthers the Atlanta Falcons, who are just a couple picks away, that would love to jump the Raiders to make sure you get that quarterback. And so here's what I'm actually going to do. If you look at Atlanta, they've got Ritter. I don't think they necessarily love Ritter, but they've got a lot of offensive pieces and really need some defensive help, and I think that that's coming up, so I'm just going to wait. Carolina's in a similar spot where we really you could use some, for example, offensive line help. I'm not going to go all in on one of these quarterbacks. However, as I said earlier, there's a team calling that really wants to come up and get a quarterback for that number one spot. They've got an option right here. That's the Tennessee Titans at pick 11. I think the Detroit Lions still would love some quality and still are going to have some great picks at 11. So Tennessee's going to come up. The compensation, who cares, because we're not going to get to that. Just assume it's second and third and first next year, and et cetera, et cetera. So Tennessee is going to come up, and they are, in fact, going to draft Will Levis. End of the... Uh, End of the Ryan Tannehill era. Raiders absolutely need a quarterback. I think they're going to have to figure something out in free agency, whether that be uh, Aaron Rodgers or uh, whatever. I mean, they, they've got a pretty quality option that they're letting walk, but um, I'm not going to draft Anthony Richardson here. I just think there's far too many needs to draft a quarterback that I don't think is is ready to play. I think he's when I watch him, I feel like I'm watching Justin Fields. The guy can run all over the place. He he can make some fantastic throws, but he also just does things that's like, what the heck are you doing? So he'll win you games. He'll lose you games. It's going to be kind of a disaster. And considering your team is just kind of a disaster to begin with, why don't we just slow down, start to focus on some of the important pieces here? So I'm going to get the best player available. Uh, according to our board, he is the sixth best player, where I pick seven. It all checks out. Tyree Wilson edge rusher going to max uh get him across from max crosby who's become one of the better pass rushers in football 
The Atlanta Falcons are a little bit interesting. Starting to second guess the Anthony Richardson thing. The, uh, the only reason I say that is they have a really strong offensive line. Really strong. Uh, the running back, Algier, just absolute freak as a rookie. He's a fifth-round pick, graded as the fifth-best rookie in football. Um, Drake London, as a rookie, was the 11th-best rookie, or 11th-best wide receiver in football. Kyle Pitts was the 11th-best uh, tight end. We know he can be significantly better than that. Um, Caleb McGarry, fourth-best right tackle. You know Ryan Matthews, or Jake Matthews, excuse me. Uh, he's getting a little bit old, but still one of the top tackles in football. Uh, Lindstrom, Chris Lindstrom, who was a first-round interior guy, um, as a rookie was average, then was the ninth best in his second year, the sixth best after that. This year, number one guard in football. They have an elite offensive line, some really good weapons. It's not the worst environment when you got the offensive line, wide receivers, tight ends, and a running back to add in Anthony Richardson. I don't know much about their offensive system and how this plays in, but you can do so many things. When this guy can stand comfortably in the pocket, and he can run, and you've got a dangerous running back, and you have Kyle freaking Pitts, and you have Drake London, and we can add wide receivers later. I'm starting to talk myself into this. They need defensive help badly, but I think that could be kind of fun. Sort of a defense be damned kind of thing. Again, we'll get there. I'm going to do it. I don't care. I don't, I don't even know if this is a thing that anybody's doing, but I find it to be interesting. Again, you're, you're kind of taking the Eagles approach. You know, Jalen took a little bit of time. He wasn't great as a rookie but he's protected behind an offensive line. You got a running back. You got some weapons, and we're going to continue to add to that. And the defense has a couple pieces. They'll be fine. They'll be just fine. Funny thing is, I keep wanting to give these guys tackles to help them out because they all need quarterbacks and offensive help, and I'd just rather get them some help first in the trenches and whatnot before we find a quarterback. They all have tackles. Everybody's got tackles. Nobody has guards or centers. Everybody's got tackles. Really tempted to take a corner because the corners are really bad. One of the lowest-performing turnover teams but they've invested so heavily. J.C. Horn was fine as a corner, but they also have C.J. Henderson, uh, who took in the first round the year before. He's been an absolute massive disappointment. And they got second-round pick Dante Jackson, who's also a disappointment. So it's one of those things where I really want to bolster it, but how many times are we going to take early first-round swings at corners and, uh, and miss? The other option would be safety. They did invest a second-round pick in Jeremy Chin, um, if you've talked to Panthers fans, he is the greatest safety in all the world and should be praised. And if you trash him, then you're an idiot. Um, but he ranked 74th out of 89, had a terrible year this year. I think I'm just going to take Brian Branch. I'm, I'm very tempted to just trade back, but, um, we need DB help. I can't take another swing at corner. So I'm just going to go Brian Branch. I know it seems early to go top 10 for him. Um, but I, 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 I think, I, I think he's going to go considerably higher than a lot of people think. If you look at his PFF stats and whatnot, it's it's off the charts. Then you got the Eagles who are just completely stacked. It's funny if you look at what they say their needs are. Wide receiver, good Lord, they don't need a wide receiver. Um, guard and center. I'm guessing it just has to do with, for example, Jason Kelsey retiring at some point, but I'm not taking a guard or a center here. It's way too early for that. But I think this is a pretty easy pick for me. Um, the Eagles were great in pretty much every category, but they were actually quite bad in run defense. Uh, they rank 24th. They've got, for example, Mr. Fletcher Cox here, who has clearly been declining since about 2020. Uh, he went from the 5th best to 30th, 29th, and this year's 70th. He's 32 years old. Going to look for that Fletcher Cox replacement, and I think he's sitting right here for us by the name of Brian Brzee. Lions are in a similar situation where I, I feel like I don't want to keep swinging at corner. We've done a lot. 
not only did we get Jeffrey Okuda and bring in guys like Mike Hughes, but we've been like bringing Will Harris out of safety. Down to, we've been trying so many things, but all of these guys are bad. All of them. Every single corner here is graded out terribly. The highest graded corner they have is Will Harris, the former safety at a 63 grade. The uh, number one guys on the board right now are corners. According to our personal big board, the top corner, eighth best overall is Christian Gonzalez. So we are going to draft him uh, at pick 11. Texans need everything, but they just drafted C.J. Stroud. And as a general rule, I always want to help uh, the quarterback when we do make that big investment. Um, biggest question I have is how much do we trust Titus Howard? Um, he's He was a first-round pick, but he was a late first-round pick, and he has not been a good football player. We do need a lot of interior help, but I'm not worried about that right now. Could certainly look for a wide receiver here. We've got Brandon Cooks, but he's like 30 years old. Nico Collins is uh, sort of a decent number two option. Um, corner we took last year, Derek Stingley graded out as one of the worst corners in football, so that was a massive swing and miss. Hopefully he gets better. Uh, Jalen Petrie was a second-round pick. He was absolutely awful. But Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky are the top guys that I have on the board right now, but I just feel like that's not the biggest upgrade that we could get. So I am going to take Quentin Johnston. I think he has that sort of number one quarterback or number one wide receiver vibe, although I don't necessarily buy into it, but it'll be a piece that we can kind of help build around. And then later, we absolutely need interior help. Biggest question with the Jets is, should I just do the Rodgers trade thing? Probably not. No, I'm not going to do it. Because when we get to the Packers, I want to look at it in terms of if Rodgers is here or if Love is here. I don't know if it'll make a difference, but the Jets made it very clear they're going to go out and get some help. Can pretty much go in any direction. Um... I mean, they do have Mackay Becton and a couple good pieces on the offensive line, but they could use a new left guard, probably a new right tackle. Although I think Elijah Vera Tucker is that guy. I'm actually very tempted to take Michael Mayer here. I know Packer fans are going to be furious with me if I do that, because that's what we want to do. But it is a strong consideration. Would have considered Brian Branch, because Joyner had a really rough year, um, which he does pretty much every year. But he's gone. If you really believed in Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think that could be kind of a scary thing when you got uh, Garrett Wilson on the outside. But we're going with our big board, Jackson Smith and Jigba's at 22, which is not where we're at. I don't think I want tackle. I don't want corner. I think Michael Mayer's our best option. So I apologize, but that's what we're doing. Patriots are a little bit of a mess everywhere. Kind of torn here because I I really would love to get a new tackle. Isaiah Wynn has been a complete waste of a pick. Um, Trent Brown is pretty solid on the other side, but he's about 30 years old. So we got to do something here sometime. The other thing I'm torn on, though, is that their corners are really struggling. Uh, You've got uh, Jalen Mills, who's a seventh-round pick, who is the 115th best corner out of 118. And we know that they really like having good DBs, but they still got the safeties. Um, They've got some decent guys. Let's see, some of them are probably injured. No, maybe not. They just suck. I think even though Wynn is struggling, he's an early enough guy. I think I'm just going to go corner. And on our board, uh, despite the love of uh, Devin Witherspoon, who's flying up the boards, I'm going to go Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. And finally, the Green Bay Packers are on the clock. What I want to do, we'll take a break here. We'll come back, we'll explore all the options thoroughly and see what it is we actually have available to us. Obviously, at least two very popular options are already gone. We'll come back and maybe explore, first of all, should we have traded up? with who, for who, look at tradebacks, prospects. Then I think we're just going to do an auto for the rest of the mock. I'm not going to go pick by pick. 
but just to kind of get a quick glance of what might be available in pick two and how that could have impacted what we actually did in in pick one. For example, we take a wide receiver and then we look at, you know, pick two or a round two and say, you know what, there's a lot of receivers. We didn't need to do that. We should have gone tackle. We should have done this. So that'll be kind of how we explore that. So why don't we take a break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you want to support the podcast. Again, you'll have access to all my notes that I have on the NFL draft. I've made that available, a link over on Patreon. It'll only cost you $1 a month. It is the cheapest thing you could do to stay up to date on the NFL draft. Tons of resources and everything else, and you guys can give me feedback on how I can make it better. These guys can be kind of color-coded and everything if you have an idea on how to do that. But um, otherwise, uh, Venmo, Packernet Podcast, if you'd like to support me, that would be great. And as always, please remember Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. Um, If it is a ministry you think you'd be interested in or want to learn more about, please head over to FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so let's start by looking at moving up. Who is it that went that we absolutely would love to have um, that we maybe could have traded up for? The, the first guy that went that I think the Packers would, could, should be interested in, well, first of all, first pick with the Bears, take a quarterback. But uh, I think we can probably dismiss that, at least Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. The next would be Will Anderson. Is there any possibility of us getting up high enough? I don't think so. Um you know, there's always the potential of what if we trade? Let's let's just look at that for a second. What if we did trade? If we if we traded Rodgers, and we got let's say um, I don't know if we could get the seventh pick with where with the Raiders, but let's look at a couple examples here. The the in 2021, Miami traded 15 and 12 along with a fourth round pick to get a first round pick and a fifth round pick. The first round pick was the sixth. So if we got that Jets pick. We could maybe get up to about six-ish. Cardinals traded 15, a third, and a fifth to get up to 10. Yeah, I'm not really seeing anybody get higher than uh, 10, aside from the the one time we got up to six here. So if we traded Rodgers, we could get almost to about the top five. What would be the purpose of that, though? I don't really see a per. I don't see the reason to give up two premier players to go up and get, you know, maybe Tyree Wilson. And I like Tyree Wilson. I would just rather have the two picks. If we didn't get the Rodgers pick and we started packaging a couple other stuff, the best we could probably do is to get up to around maybe 10-ish. Give up, uh, somebody gave like a third and a fifth, which I think is acceptable considering we don't even want third round picks. But again, the question is for who? 
The only thing I could see here in terms of who actually went would be Michael Mayer. There's no way in the world I'm packaging picks to go up to get a tight end. Plus, we don't have any real reason to believe that he's going to be gone. I'm not doing it for the wide receivers, and I'm not doing it for the corners. So part of the issue is if we know exactly who's there, for example, could we have traded up to get Brian Branch? That might be an acceptable thing to do, but we don't know that he's going to be gone. So usually a lot of times when these things happen, it's like there's a guy that's really, really good, and maybe he slips down to nine, and if he does, you got to go up and get him. For me right now, I just don't see that guy. There's a bunch of guys that win early, Branch and and Mayer and not really Quentin Johnston, but in my mind, Quentin Johnston went a little early. I just, and and I think that's my view of this draft in, in general, and maybe that'll change as I look closer. I don't love the top end talent. I like these guys and I'll take these guys. But if I'm going to trade, I'd rather trade back than trade up and get more. But I kind of like being at 15. I don't want to lose Skaronsky or Paris Johnson. I like these guys. The only thing to consider at this point is that if we trade back just a little bit, we've got Johnson, Skaronsky, Addison is still an option if we wanted to go that route. Bijan is there, although I'm probably not going to do that. I really like Broderick Jones and Jigba is an option. Lucas Van Ness has been tied to the Packers a lot. I like Hyatt. I like Zay Flowers. There's always Jameer Gibbs is another option. But then the question becomes, if we trade back, who wants to go up? One thought that comes immediately to mind is the Pittsburgh Steelers were only going back a couple picks. Um, and the reason is, and I don't really know about the team necessarily, but I know that their quarterback Pickens, or Pickett, excuse me, really, really, really wants Addison. Addison used to be his... Uh, when he was at Pitt, his his go-to guy at wide receiver. I know they already have Pickens. That's why I said Pickens. Um, although I like to make fun of Pickens because Packer fans want to obsess about him and get upset that we didn't get him. But um, I think he'll develop into a good wide receiver. He certainly had some great highlights and all that stuff. It's assuming he doesn't go off the deep end like every Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver does. Juju Smith-Schuster seemed like the nicest guy on planet Earth. And then he kind of turned into a weirdo. Pickens is already a weirdo. Um, but he ended up 53rd. They've also got uh, Deontay Johnson, who's decent. But um, I, I don't know. I think that could be an option. And then, you know, a wide receiver goes that I don't really want. Washington's going to take who Washington's going to take. And then we still got pretty much everybody we want available, plus a pick. But Pittsburgh doesn't have a lot of picks. And usually when teams don't have a lot, they like to trade back to accumulate more. It's the teams that have a bunch of picks that start looking at that stuff. And then you start looking at some of the other teams. Probably don't want to trade with Detroit. Tampa Bay and their needs, I don't really know that it means anything. Seattle, but I don't know if I want to go back that far. Seattle could probably get a corner, would be pretty solid. I mean, they got Tariq Woolen, which was a pretty solid pickup, but I think they could use some more help. I think I'd just rather stay and pick. And so as I'm looking at it, we've got a few options. Um, Offensive tackle is staring us right in the face. Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky. There are still corner options, and and that is a legitimate option. I don't think it's the best option because we got Stokes and we got Jair, but but you know, coverage is massively important, something to consider, but I'm personally not considering it right now. Lucas Van Ness is a very serious option as an edge rusher. So let me tell you where I'm I'm stuck here. Um I've got first of all, between Skaronsky and Paris Johnson, put me down as a Skaronsky guy. Um I really want to like Paris Johnson, because PFF has him down as just this elite road grading run blocker. Um, but I like Skaronsky. I think he's I think he's very powerful and very capable as a run blocker. Um, but I, I really like his movement ability. 
Um, his pass blocking is just through the roof, and, and, and he's played top-tier guys. Last year, you look at it, it was David Ajabo and Aiden Hutchinson didn't get a single sack against Peter Skaronsky. He did give up like a pressure and a, and a hit, so like uh, a hit in a hurry, I think, so two pressures in that game. I don't know to whom, um, but he's played a lot of top-tier guys and has held his own. Um, so Skaronsky is a very serious consideration, um, I'm also very much considering, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, whether it's Aaron Rodgers who is going to want more help or Jordan Love, who's going to need some more help. Jackson Smith and Jigba makes a lot of sense. If he is, as a lot of people said, sort of an Amon Ross St. Brown type of a guy, you put him in there with, um, Dobbs and Watson. Obviously when there's two wide receivers, you can do a lot of rotating. It could be Dobbs and Njigba. It could be Watson and Njigba. It could be Watson and Dobbs. And then when you go three wide, Dobbs, Watson, and Jigba in the slot, obviously we've got our running backs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, really, really considering that as an option. But the one that's probably weighing on me the most that I, I don't want to do, but I feel like it makes the most sense is Lucas Van Ness. Um, I just think the offensive line is to some degree figured out, even if we don't necessarily like it. Um, Whether we end up moving Zach Tom to right tackle, perhaps, and then just leaving the interior, or if we move, for example, Elton Jenkins back to right tackle and Zach Tom maybe at left guard. The point is we have an offensive line. Whether we like it or not, I don't know, but but where can we... Here's here's another question. Where are we kind of screwed if we don't do something? I don't think it's offensive line. I I know it needs to get better, but we have an offensive line that can work and can be upgraded later. With Njigba, it's more of a how can we add more power and also kind of, and it's same, offensive line and wide receiver are both areas where they might be okay. Adding more firepower is awesome, whether that's a, a, a dominant tackle or a wide receiver. So it's kind of a, helping raise the floor, but also potentially, you know, raising the ceiling. Because I don't know what the offensive line is, and I don't know what the wide receiver weapon situation is going to be. Um, the other consideration for for wide receivers is we can certainly get some later. Offensive tackle, I'm not quite as sure. But also pass rush, I'm not as sure. Here's the other thing. With Rashawn Gary being out for who knows how long, we're going to have Preston Smith and who? You know, I, I just, I don't, like it and of course everybody's favorite phrase that i don't like which is uh you can never have too many pass rushers but the bottom line is you can certainly have a lot there's nothing wrong you know when rashawn gary comes back because again we rotate so much if you had four dominant pass rushers that's not too much beyond four probably too much but if you had four it's excessive but we'd use it because whereas some some teams it seems like they just keep their stars out there we're we're rotating it's like 60 40 between the number ones and the number twos. So if we end up with, even if, um, let's say Preston has a dominant year, I know he's got an incentive-based contract, if he's just dominant and Rashawn comes back early and he stays dominant, and let's say uh, Kingsley and Igbare is dominant, I'm not mad if Jackson Smith and, or uh, Jackson, if uh, Lucas Van Ness comes in and he's also dominant. By the way, a lot of these guys can be sort of outside-inside guys. Um, Lucas Van Ness has spent a lot of time on the interior. So you can do a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's been one of my least favorite mocked 
people. I don't really like it. I want to focus on offense. I want offensive line. I want wide receiver. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. But I just feel like our team sucks if we can't generate some level of pass rush. And I know coverage is more important than pass rush, but I also know that if these guys have a lot of time in the pocket, you know, it goes both ways. Good coverage makes better pass rushers. Better pass rushers make better coverage. And I just worry about Kingsley and Preston as our number one and then rotating that out with just yeeks. So I'm going to take Lucas Van Ness. Um, I've been hating that pick forever. Don't want another pass rusher. Didn't really want Brian Branch, although it made sense. I just I just really wanted for once to focus on offense and get that thing going right and help Jordan Love or Rodgers or whoever is there. But I just think it's important that we continue that going. Preston will not be here forever. Having the combo, the duo of Van Ness and Rashawn Gary, I think is going to be pretty awesome. This is about the area that we drafted Rashawn Gary. Um, there are, are other options like Nolan Smith and whatnot, but I, I like Lucas Van Ness. He kind of has a throwback feel to him in terms of just being sort of a big physical, I want to hurt the quarterback uh, type of pass rusher, which scares me a little bit because he's probably going to get a ton of penalties in the NFL. He likes to slam people's heads into the ground and then put his full body weight on top of them. <laughs> he almost has sort of a Clay Matthews feel to him. He does. He's not quite as like fast and wild and all that, but he just sort of has this, I just want to kill that guy mentality. Uh, Mike Pettin would call it a kitty. I can't say it. It's a bee kitty. I don't know why he called it that, but I thought that was the funniest thing ever, and I'll never forget that. That's what he wanted in a pass rusher, and essentially it meant a guy that <laughs> such a stupid name, but a guy that was just tenacious. And he saw the quarterback, and he smelled blood in the water, and he would do anything to get to him. And that's kind of th- those are I like those kind of pass rushers too, where it's almost like they don't even see the guy that they're up against. Some pass rushers, it's like a dance between the tackle, like I've got to get the the. the and some guys, it's just, I just see the quarterback, and I see the ball, and I want it. And he's just pushing his way through, and he's just big and powerful, and the, these guys that are blocking him are just in the way, just get out of my way. And he just kind of pushes through him. I kind of like that. He's not battling a tackle. He's just getting to the ball carrier. He also has done some really good work as a special teamer. I'll throw that in there. So again, it hasn't been my favorite pick, but I, I do think it makes sense. I think we need more help there. I think we're getting thin. And with Rashawn Gary being out, I don't want to start the season, you know, one and three because our defense just can't pick up the weight. And our offense is struggling because we got who knows what. You know, it's going to take some time to kind of get oriented. We always suck early, especially with Rodgers not showing up to camp and not really doing anything. And so then we're just learning. And then he's annoyed with the receivers because they don't have any chemistry and blah, blah, blah. Or it's Jordan Love and this is his first action. So he's not really fully ready to go. And. Again, the defensive, just let's just make sure the defense is ready to carry the team for a little bit until the offense gets going. So Lucas Van Ness it is. So through the end of the uh, mock, we saw Zay Flowers go to Washington, um, Nolan Smith, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Anton Harris, Bijan Robinson went to the Vikings, stupid jerk. Cam Smith, Broderick Jones, uh, Siaki Ika, Osiris Torrance to the Bills, Joey Porter, Antonio Johnson, the safety, Will McDonald, B.J. Ojolari. So coming around to the second round, as much as I'm saying, we okay, we, we did that, now we got to do offense. If safety is available, I think that has to be something to consider. But I do like a lot of the options that are here. One of the things that does um, or, or is worth keeping an eye on is the fact that there are some edge rushers that are available in the second round if we decided to go in a different direction in the first round. Not sure who all is going to be available, but according to the consensus big board, you're looking at, and in the mock, he was gone, but 
potentially Nolan Smith, BJ Ojolari, Felix Nudike Uzoma, uh, Derek Hall, Keon White, Andre Carter, who I already said I really don't like, Zach Harrison out of Ohio State. These guys are all potentially second round, and we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys that are considered second round edge rushers. It's like, what, 22%? 23% of the entire second round is edge rushers. So that's worth noting. So I'm going to have to start digging into some of the second round edge rushers. Um, I Again, I already kind of ruled out Andre. I shouldn't say I ruled him out. I, I think he's a high upside guy that really is not ready. He has to put on a bunch of weight and really get a lot stronger. But he's got a ton of athleticism and is, is can be an exciting kind of a guy. But I'm just not super interested as of right now. Guys like Nolan Smith will probably be long gone. Same with BJ Ojolari. Um, But, you know, again, a lot of these guys in terms of second round options, something to keep in mind if we didn't go edge in the first round. Um, Offensive tackle options, potentially Dewan Jones, Darnell Wright, who uh, made an impression, a really good impression at the Senior Bowl. Jalen Duncan, not a ton. It's basically those three that are considered um, second round. You do have Matthew Bergen, Blake Freeland, a couple guys that are more third-ish round, but who knows. Interior, which let's be honest, that's a little bit more where we need to be focused. Not a ton of options, but Cody Mouch, uh, North Dakota State. John Michael Schmitz at Minnesota. Maybe Andrew Voorhees out of uh, USC. Defensive tackle, Siaki Ika, uh, Tuli. T. Tui Pulotu, Maisie Smith. I really like Maisie Smith too. I want to watch a little bit more of him. I think, I don't know. I don't think it was Senior Bowl. I don't know where I, somebody, I think somebody requested him on the call in show or something. I watched him. I really liked him. Uh, Javon Dexter, Kalijah Cansey. I mean, just the amount of people that are second round prospects in the positions that we're interested in is uh, kind of remarkable to me. The second round, I think, could be fantastic. Uh, Chris Smith, the safety in Jordan Battle. I'm a big Chris Smith fan. I just like his mentality. I don't know. Maybe he's not the best safety in the world, but again, I just like the way he plays. Maybe Antonio Johnson. He's kind of a first, second-ish round guy. Uh, Again, Jordan Battle. Maybe J.L. Skinner out of Boise State is kind of a late second round flyer kind of guy. Uh, Tight ends, obviously, Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid, uh, Luke Musgrave. So we got three options there at tight end. And then uh, wide receiver, maybe Zay Flowers, but he's flying up the board. He's already considered a first-round guy. But Josh Downs, Rasheed Rice, Cedric Tillman, and of course the one and only Kayshawn Butte. So the, the good news is there's a lot of great options at positions of need. And again, if we just go player by player that are considered second-round picks, uh, you got edge, edge, linebacker we don't necessarily need, um, tackle Dewan Jones made a really good impression at the senior bowl, Darnell Washington, tight end, defensive lineman, wide receiver, edge rusher, corner, tight end, wide receiver, edge rusher, edge rusher, tight end, defensive line, linebacker, wide receiver, guard, guard, edge, tackle. I mean, it's, it's all defensive line, edge, safety, tackle, safety, defensive line. There's like two or three linebackers and something else in here, but that's it. Everything else is what we need. Uh, Kalija Kansi, defensive line, Zach Harrison, edge rusher. That's the, or, or actually it goes out to running back and then safety will be the, the, the 33 through 64. It's all the positions that we need. And again, really strong edge. So I, I think that's something to consider. Um, I mean, take the best player available, no question about it. And I'm not sure that I like Lucas Van Ness as much as I like Peter Skaronsky, but just in terms of 
he has an obvious role day one. Skaronsky is like, well, okay, he's a left tackle. We move him to right tackle. And then it's Elton at guard, and we keep the center and guard the same everywhere else, and Zach Tom stays a backup. Um, and then maybe when Bakhtiari leaves, Skaronsky can go to tackle. Zach Tom goes to right. I, I you know, I, I don't I don't exactly know. With Lucas Van Ness, you you will be a edge rusher. Whether you're one, two, three, I don't know, but you're going to play a lot. A lot, a lot. Four, I don't know. But I do think that that was sort of my trio of options at that particular point in time. If Michael Mayer was available, that would also be a pretty strong option. Um, I don't know that there's a ton of great... I mean, there are some decent ones in the second, but I, I think Kincaid could be... I think Washington and Kincaid would be gone unless we trade up. So and you got to look at Musgrave. Sam Laporta, Tucker Craft. I mean, it really goes from Luke. Luke Musgrave is forty-six, so he's sort of uh, back of the or, or middle second round, whatever. Sam Laporta is down at seventy-eight. He's a third-round pick. Then it drops Tucker Craft one hundred two. Then it goes all the way down to one twenty-three. There's like maybe one per round. It gets real thin until you get down toward the end, and then most of the tight ends are seen as undrafted free agents. So tight end is actually really top-heavy. So it almost feels like if you don't get one of the top four, you're kind of just swinging around. You might get a hit, but if you're a team like the Packers that does maybe need multiple, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, swinging early does need to be the way to be just because, I mean, who else is available? Not very many. So I don't know. Something to think about, I guess. I think the good news is as, as difficult as the first round is, I really do like the way that the second round is kind of shaping up. It's just a matter of if, if any of these guys are actually good for I haven't really looked at a ton of them. That's what I need to do. But I also think either way, again, in the first round, we're going to have some pretty good options. One thing I think that we should probably consider is what would be the worst case scenario? Like, what is the one thing that they could do that it's like, what the heck? I mean, because every year that's what they do. What in the world are you doing? Now, we, I don't want to get completely stupid and say we're going to get, uh, you know, uh, some fourth round cornerback or something, but... Like, who would be that guy that would just shock everybody? Like, what in the heck? It's not a quarterback. The quarterbacks from after that are like third-round prospects. Um, even at the senior ball, I was watching PFF's recap, and they're like, what did you think of the quarterbacks or who stood out or whatever? And he's like, it's nobody. Like, nobody here did anything super impressive. They're not NFL prospects or whatever. Um, I would assume it would have to be somebody super hyper-athletic if it was a wide receiver, I don't think anybody would freak out. Like if they reached on a wide receiver, say they got Hyatt or Zay Flowers or something, I think it would be kind of a wow, that's a reach, but nobody would care because the Packers got a wide receiver. I'm sure he'd be a hyper-athletic freak type guy, and everybody would just get over it. Same with tight end. Like if they drafted Darnell Washington, nobody would care. So I can't really see anything. Maybe like an offensive tackle if they drafted, you know, uh, Darnell Wright or Dewan Jones or Anton Harris, I don't know. I, I but I can't picture like that thing that would bother people. Um, they're not going to get a linebacker. I'd be stunned if they got a corner. Safety might be that thing. Um, if they ended up kind of quote unquote reaching, obviously they don't think they'd be reaching. But if they got Antonio Johnson, Jordan Battle, Chris Smith, um. At this point, considered massive reaches, but even that, I mean, everybody wants one. So I need to, we need to keep digging into that because <laughs> we got to prepare ourselves because it happens every year. But um, I can't really see that person 
And maybe it's because we're at the, you know, kind of middle of the first as opposed to being at the back of the second where we're always looking at those back of the first guys and ignoring the second round prospects. But from here, even if it's a little bit of a reach and we're talking back of the first, we're talking, according to this, you know, everybody has different opinions, but Brian Brzee, Michael Mayer, Bijan Robinson, Broderick Jones, Brian Branch, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Lucas Van Ness, Osiris Torrance, um, Jalen Hyatt. These are considered kind of reaches. Zay Flowers, nobody's going to be mad about it. Anton Harris maybe would be the only one that I could think of. Jameer Gibbs, the running back. Um, again, Antonio Johnson, Isaiah Foskey, Foskey, however you say his name. Nolan Smith. Those Maybe these two edge rushers, Nolan Smith and Isaiah Foskey. I got to look him up so I can figure out how to say his name. But both of them, their arrow is pointing down. They've dropped down this consensus big board. So I, I tend to doubt it. So again, the good news is I don't see a lot of disaster scenarios. I'm good with a lot of this. I'm good with Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, not necessarily Quentin Johnston. That would be the one that would, I mean, I, I, I would learn to love it, but I wouldn't love it. Jordan Addison, uh, Brian Brzee. The, o- the only other question would be, what if Anthony Richardson was still available? Is there any chance they'd pull the trigger on Anthony Richardson? I don't know, but maybe. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. It was a little scattered, but hopefully we kind of got a little bit more focused on um, options, first and second round, not necessarily delving into the prospects as much as the positions, but I just think we're positioned in in a good spot because we have a decent amount of needs and the positions that are available align with our needs very closely. So anyways, you guys have yourselves a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.